Oh, hold on. I got to stretch. Ah, my legs hurt. I'm getting old, y'all. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. You're 41. Dog. I turned 32 in January. Oh, poor baby. Just falling it's apart. It's tough. It's telling you, man. You're talking about knee replacement surgery. <laughs> I ain't that far behind. Tell you what. They Tell already told what? my my orthopedic already told me I'm gonna have to have them by the time I'm 40. So sheesh. Oh, yeah. Have, have you had ACL and stuff? I had um uh, uh patellar tendon, uh MCL, all that stuff. I I had a really bad issue in college dislocating my knee. Um <laughs> and so they did uh like I had a scope done that they thought was gonna fix it, which and then my first game back, I did it again. Um, like dislocated the knee. Yeah, it's like my kneecap was like back by my calf um like it went oh, all so, the way out so when you did yeah. yours there was ligament damage oh yeah that's what i'm saying tore my patellar tendon yeah. tore my like mcl i'm meniscus i don't have any cartilage left in my knee so that's the problem yeah. um because when they did that reconstruction he was like because i had a pretty big surgery in my junior year of college and uh i remember coming out of surgery he's like yeah it's like you don't really have any like cartilage left he goes i tried to smooth it out as best i could and like he showed me the picture and it looks like if you like uh took like a like a strand like you cut this and it was just like all frayed and like that's what it looked like because it was all torn like there's nothing left and so he's like he's like to be honest like you're gonna have arthritis like pretty bad by the time you're in your 40s and i would suggest you probably get a knee replacement at some point and so i was like oh okay Thanks, like great I'm, i was 20 i, <laughs> I was 20 or 21 at the time when i had yeah. that surgery i was like oh whatever and now i'm almost 30 and i'm like i'm feeling it like it's just not like it, <laughs> he doesn't, right. wasn't it doesn't feel good it does, it, he was not joking when he made that when he told me that so i was like well i'm halfway there and i feel like it's gonna have to happen so um yeah it's it sucks it sucks you know it's wild. like the surgery itself is wild have you done it no but like my no no oh no they just like they literally take a straight up hammer and just like bang this thing in your knee yeah i was like we could get emily and she just walked in here she probably did one today if you want to hear a (laughs) play-by-play oh yeah yeah my dad he so the anesthesiologist was like so we're basically numbing you from the waist down so you can't feel yeah you put a nerve block in there i had one yeah, too exactly. yeah. yep. nerve block and he was like but you know you can stay awake if you want i can tell you stories and we no, can laugh the whole time my dad out, was bro. like or he's like or i could give you a light sedative and make you go to sleep he's like i'll go to sleep thanks yeah <laughs> like i don't want to hear someone banging on my knee hacking off bone anything like i don't know what your old man told you but that needle that they used for the nerve block that they put into your groin area oh, oh mine wasn't yeah it was the worst i mean that thing was like it looked like a straw from a cup it was unbelievable it was oh unbelievable <laughs> well my mom so like my mom had been a nurse for like 20 plus years and she goes she's looking at like the documents and she didn't tell him this but or maybe she did tell him this one she was like man i'm surprised it usually says at the bottom like you sign hey if this doesn't go well it's above knee amputation like you have uh-huh. to, that used to be on the documents she's like it's not there anymore but if they can't oh do it they gosh. just hack your leg off because when they know. came in to do mine like because they like i was loopy <laughs> as hell in the morning and then like i was out eventually because like i was under full anesthesia but the oh, doctor came man. in and he's like hey how you doing buddy and then they like shave my knee or whatever like and he wrote his initials on my on my leg and then on the <laughs> other leg he wrote no on the other one to know not yeah. to operate on the wrong leg. And so <laughs> he put his initials, yeah, he put his name is Brian Moss, put BM on my knee and then wrote mm. no on my right knee. And just yeah. so they knew that when they got in there, not to operate on the wrong leg. 
at least you know they have that precaution just That's, in yeah. case. You know, like, yeah. wait, was this right? But that also left? doesn't make know. me feel good because that means it's happened before, right? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like that means it's happened before. So <laughs> like you, you get in there and you start to figure out left and right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to the finals of the 2022 NCAA Golf Championship. Make it memorable, gentlemen. What's up and welcome to this week's edition of the Golf Stat Podcast. I am joined this week. Oh, first of all, I'm your host, Marcus L. I'm joined this week again, as I am just about every week, by Ian Gilliam. That's me. And Carolyn Kupchik. Hey, what's up? Uh, just want to do a little programming update as we start to head into the winter or the college golf, you know, the first off season, I should say. Um, obviously, we won't have any tournament results or tournament recaps to go through this fall, but that doesn't mean the show stops for us. We're going to continue to try to put out some things that may be useful to our college golf audience. Again, whether that's coaches, SIDs, parents, players, whoever, um, so that you can learn. You know, this is a great time for, for everybody to learn more about maybe Golfstat, about how our rankings work. So we're going to do a rankings education series. Um, we're going to try to keep them a little bit shorter than our episodes have been so that they're a little bit more digestible, so that you're not spending all day thinking about comparative wins and stroke differentials and this, that, and the other. So we'll take a week off for Thanksgiving. Then we'll release our first episode of our rankings uh, ranking series that Friday. I think it's the 2nd of December. Um, kind of leading into convention. That'll give some people some time to to start getting um, thinking about rankings a little bit. Um, something I'm really excited for. Again, I've talked to coaches all year, years previous about how does this work? How does that work? If it's something you're interested in, you got no excuse now. This is your time to chat, to tap in. This is your time to learn um, because you're going to be hearing it straight from us about how it works. Okay. So uh, especially to our coaches, if you're a coach listening, this is a time to, as the great philosopher Two Chain said, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that this is what we're doing. Okay. Cause again, I think it is very important. It'll be useful for you all to, um, to tap in and listen to our ranking series. We'll also sprinkle in some guests. Uh, we've got one that I'm really excited about lining up. That's kind of in that ranking cat rankings category as well that we'll sprinkle in throughout the winter to, again, just to, just to, 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 um, to diversify it a little bit so that you're not thinking rankings the entire season or the entire off season. So just wanted to spread that little, um, that little tidbit there as far as what we got coming up. We did have some breaking news, if you will, in college golf from Brentley Romine. Probably we're recording this on a Monday since we don't have any re uh, results to really recap this week. Um, so, yeah, Brentley just broke that Brian Stark from Oklahoma State is transferring to Texas. He did not play any rounds in fall, so he is immediately eligible in spring to play for Texas. Um Maybe not. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll start maybe with my reaction if if we kind of want to go around the, the table here and say what this may mean for Texas, maybe what this means for Oklahoma State. Um, I, I don't know if it's like a blockbuster name, but obviously a solid player. We've talked about depth for other teams um, and, and Brian Stark is, is a fine player. So, I mean, I, I for sure think he adds depth to a team. Um that lost quite a bit last year, right? Like both Cooties, Cole Hammer think those were the three you know they still got Travis Vick they still got Mason Nome um I think they've been kind of trying to figure out the rest of their lineup maybe a little bit as far as um whether it be stars or steady players or whatever and I think Brian Stark will help um I think 
got to keep in mind too. And again, Brentley tweeted this too. The the big kid, as I call him, um, Tommy Morrison comes this January as well. So that adds a little bit of depth as well. Um, so yeah, Texas, Texas is essentially adding two here um to, to their to their spring season for a team that is already ranked uh where are we at here. Yeah, they're 20th as as we as we head into spring. So could could mean big things for them. What what what, what do you guys think? Um or how do you think this this um this will impact Texas? Maybe in a I would assume a positive thing. So what, what do you guys think? No, I think they were a program that we talked about early in the season, I think with the performance at Olympia was just like, man, like it's a whole new set of players here playing against these top teams early in the season. We're going to find out a lot about them and find out kind of what they have this year after losing, you know, three of their starting five. And so I think the addition of Stark plus, like you said, Noam and Vic, and then the two freshmen that have kind of been seeing a lot of time and Christian Moss and Jacob Sosa, I think, there we go. you know, I think those two, like I said, the addition of Stark has proven that he could play at a high level in Division right. One college golf. Um, I don't think it's, you know, it's a it's a great thing to have if you're Coach John Fields heading in the second part of your season. And this is where they made their run last year. They got everybody healthy after Christmas last year, made the run to a national title, and now they're they're reloading again. So it's going to be a fun spring for them. Yeah, and and as you mentioned, those names too. Christian Moss has had a really good fall, so I don't I don't want to overlook him as well. I mean, his results so far: OFCC T twenty, um, T three at Ben Hogan. T or uh, 12th at Jackson T Stevens T 11 at East Lake out of 20, but again, still T 11. So I, I don't want to overlook him and maybe in that group with, with Travis Vick and, and Nome, you know, definitely a solid fall, but yeah, adding two more, I think, like you said, Ian, it adds that depth. Maybe they can make a push towards something again, but, but who's to say, um, Carolyn, how do you think this affects? I mean, how do you think this affects Oklahoma state? I, I always think these are weird too, just because it's almost like when, like, especially because of the, the tidbit of like him not playing in fall at all, but obviously he's good enough to play. So it's like, how long has this been in the works? You, you know what I mean? So like, I just think that's very interesting. What, what, what do you kind of think maybe from that dynamic, Carolyn, at, at Oklahoma State? Well, yeah, I was kind of going to ask you guys in a sense of with him not playing, is there any like, would there be any concern for him going to Texas since like he didn't play at all? I mean, and to just being as a player, if you haven't played a whole, not a whole season, but like half season, your fall season, going to a new school, will he play or not? What do you mean? Will he play for Texas? Yeah. Like, will he actually play or is he going to be sidelined in a sense how he was at OSU with not playing in the fall? Yeah, that's that's I I would assume just based on the information, it was a choice to not play in fall. Oh, okay. Um, and as long as he's kept up his game, it, so that's the other interesting part too. If you all, if you all remember, um, the two players that transferred from Oklahoma State women's team last year were not allowed to participate or practice with the team because it was a team semester. Yep. Yeah, and, and they transferred mid semester too, and right. So they so weren't then, eligible to play anybody anywhere else. Then, right. So that whole that spring, year. they they weren't allowed to practice or anything like that. I'm, I I don't. I mean, I'm. I would think the women's and men's program probably have different set of rules, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't share like-minded strategies well and here. i'm not saying that like a rule wise because i thought we said that he is eligible to play yeah he's eligible he to is play. because he didn't play at all in the fall right yeah, yeah. so I, I guess i'm wondering like in, in the way you're posing your question i wonder what his practice situation was in right. the fall at oklahoma state if it was kind of decided before that he wasn't going to play because again he's good enough to make the lineup so it's like 
if that was a choice that was made at the beginning of the season, was he, you know, what to to what extent was he? And I'm sure he was. They're all elite players, but to what extent does he did he have the access to the facilities probably that he's used to at Oklahoma State would be an interesting question. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I guess not concerned for Oklahoma State because again, it's not like they're losing somebody out of their lineup because he didn't play. Yeah, but it also does beg question like. I mean, it's it's also somebody that they then can't plug in because he's not there. So it's, they don't have the option to put him in now, right? So um, are they be, getting anybody, or is it just not that? Not that'd be fun. Can we? Right. Should we do trades? <laughs> we traded here. Take <laughs> that, this person. That, I take. That would be awesome. I would be all uh, for trades in college golf. <laughs> like if we had like a trade deadline special uh, on uh, on on Golf Channel, the same way they do like ESPN. Because again, you guys know I'm an NBA person, so like trade trade deadline for the NBA is like my favorite day ever. So yeah, if we had trades where it was like Oklahoma State trades uh Brian Stark in a future first for uh for for big uh Tommy Morrison or something like that in in exchange for yeah, for his draft rights, that would I would all for it. Great idea, Carolyn. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm all in on college golf trades. <laughs> and I just looked it up. He did enter the portal the first week of October, so he's um been in there for a little bit so i okay. think i again we can't speak on whether that was <clears throat> him not playing early in the fall was a choice of his or if it was you know the choice he made to transfer was because the of the no playing time you never know but right um i do remember brentley and i just looked it up tweeted uh first week of october that he that's when he entered the portal so gotcha gotcha yeah so that, that that's yeah that's interesting um all that to say we don't know anything until they go play golf again. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out in spring. We'll probably do some type of spring preview on a future pod. Imagine that. Yep. So we want to take the time, honestly, most of this first part of the time to to just simply talk about let's re- like let's recap the fall. You know, I, I don't have anything structured here. Um, I just kind of want to go through what our impressions of the fall were, you know, D1, D2, D3. Obviously, we harped on a lot of the same storyline, same storylines throughout the season, some teams that we've kind of latched on to, I would say. Um, let's start I because to me it's a it's very compelling. I kind of want to start D1 women's. What's our we started the year with Stanford as the expectation as the standard, and I think they're still the standard. We then asked the question: who is going to um challenge um Stanford in that quest for us for back-to-back national championships right I think we would probably all agree that at the very least Wake has um has solidified themselves as probably their number one challenger um which Ian's smiling because he called that early you know he would like to take his credit now um um yeah, I just what, appreciate what, you giving me that credit. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm glad I, I got that. I was waiting for it. So I wouldn't leave you high and dry. Listen, I, I, I wouldn't leave you high and dry. I was absolutely going to give credit where credit was due. Um, I came in with doubts about Wake Forest, like I said, you know, early, but I'm I'm all in as well, at least as a contender uh, to 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 potentially take down Stanford if, if that was to happen. Um, what do you what do you let's just let's just focus on that. What do we think about that one two battle as it stands now? Like, are we are we fully in, invested or fully convinced that it is a true one A one B, or do you think there's still a uh, a gap there? And then we and then we can kind of dissect everything else after that. I guess uh, my I guess another question. Sure. 
we talk about Stanford and Wake Forest, um, but I feel like a lot of Stanford, at least definitely from my point of view and, and what we've talked about, Rose is kind of the one that we've always talked about for Stanford. So I guess what else, but like besides Rose makes Stanford the number one, I think would be a good first question. And then talking about Wake Forest, because I mean, Wake Forest has Rachel Keene, has Chikara that are both really good players that are are usually ranked in top 10, top 20. Um, but for Stanford, it seems like usually it's just Rose. So I guess what gives Stanford that depth that we um, that we compare the two? So it's it's funny, unless Ian, you want to go first, but. No, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll I'll chime in with whatever I sure. think you left out, but I probably nothing. You're probably gonna say the same thing I'm going to. So I'm probably gonna talk too long. <laughs> I, I the funny thing is, I think that's that's interesting. Like if you were to go, if you were to pull up both of their lineups and say who's better, right? Just one 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 on one across, right? I don't know if the difference between the two is depth, honestly. Like I honestly think Wake may be deeper. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Because they've got Amelia, they've got, like you said, they've got uh, 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 Lopez Jacar, they've got Rachel Keene. I honestly think the difference between Stanford and Wake is that Stanford has Rose. <laughs> I, I'm seriously. Though, no, so, no, I I, I, so, I agree. I'm just, so, it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. It honestly is. Because, again, I, I think I think if you were to compare the, the three you just mentioned for Wake, and then if you were to go Rachel Heck and Megagane for for Stanford, I think we would say they're kind of, to me at least, all in the same kind of tier, I think, at least. I think the difference for Stanford is, we, for the most part, we know what Rose is going to be every week. I think for Wake, no, no matter what lineup they put out, we don't know who their best score that week is going to be. But I feel like at Stanford, like if they don't win, it's probably because Rose finished T15 instead of number instead of one. Right. So I think having that like I feel like star doesn't even do it justice for what Rose is doing, honestly. Right. Yeah, because I mean, there's stars on all of these teams. You know what I mean? Like Rose has risen above star to like like just that person. You know what I mean? So like I, I honestly feel like it's not even a depth thing. I think it's being able to count on Rose is probably going to win this one. And then we can just kind of fill in with the depth we already have. Um, I think that's what separates the two. Ian, let me know what, what you think, but. Right. I guess, like, then I guess if you take away Rose, what would it be? Sorry. No, I mean, sorry. Rachel Heck still won the Onico award. Like she still won the individual national Correct. championship. So it's like, there is proven winning players on that team that aren't named Roseanne, which I think is maybe where I see that edge coming from too, is it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be her all the time, but it tends to be Rose all the time that shows up. I mean, that's, and not saying the other players don't, it's just, like you said, you know what you're going to get. Um, but I mean, they have another, they have two players, not, no other program could say they have two players that won a national championship on their team. Like they, they can't like very, individual very national championships. Very so true. it's like, though that's, that's pretty, pretty hard to beat in my opinion, I guess, you know, so, so again, though, going back a little bit, if you took Rose out of Stanford, do you so, feel like, do you still think Stanford would be, or like you say, Marcus, that she kind of, she's kind of like the one leading it. She's like that, you know, the lead dog there. Right. Would that change then if she wasn't? It depends there? on what we're replacing Rose with. Well, you're not replacing her. How about that? <laughs> oh, 
if you just took okay. her completely out. You're not replacing her. You just take okay. her out. Okay. That's what I'm saying. If you just take her out, you're not replacing her, but she's just not there. Okay. Let me. Would it be, be different? It would absolutely be different. Like, it, <laughs> like if they just simply lost Rose from their team is what you're saying. Yeah. Like if she's just no longer playing for that team. Exactly. Do they still then have, you know, those, I mean, I know they have the other players, but like, do they have <laughs> another person that could fill already in their lineup? No. If that makes sense. No. I mean, there's nobody that's going to come in and just do what <laughs> she did, but like Brooks say, Sadie Engelman, like Rachel, Megagon, like all those players are top 60 yeah. players in the country. Yeah. Like those are legit. And like, am I saying that Wake would run away with it if you're taking Rose off? No, because that team is still really damn good yeah. even without her so <laughs> that's interesting to me okay so just but project. like i like i'm saying i think it clo- it shortens the gap obviously um but i just don't i don't think it would be a runaway in the other way around if she's not there so let's so let's 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 hypothesize here and go into fantasy college golf land <laughs> let me just throw out this potential lineup because i feel like this is probably what it would be and not in any order but obviously they don't have rose here and again, you correct me if I'm if I'm missing somebody, but their lineup would probably be some combination of Sadie Engelman, Megagane, Rachel Heck, Brooke Shea, Caroline Sturza. Is that right? Does that sound right? Yeah. The other one that was that was playing really well, she doesn't play much this year, was Angelina Yeah, who yeah. had a really good earlier, early okay. career um, and hasn't really played much this year. It was interesting. I was looking at their report and just saw she only played in one tournament. But yeah. that was another name that was like, I she was a top end player early on and just hasn't seen um, as many rounds lately. But I would say that that would be the lineup with Caroline so then, as the because she was their alternate at Nationals last year. OK, so keep so keep that in your mind here. And then let's compare that to what Wake's current lineup is. Right. So Carolina Chikara, I believe, and third. Mm, it would be it would be, I think it's Carolina. Um, Rachel, Rachel Kane, Amelia, Amelia, Mimi, and uh, and, it, and then it's Anne. I'm just Lauren Walsh too. Oh, is, okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's so let's let's say that's the lineup. Which which lineup are you taking? I don't know. One team has a national champion. Oh, that's just how I look at it. It's like I mean, but what, she she was a player of the year. She's but that's yeah. two but that's two years ago, right? But you still have that player. What you saying? She's old team. now. Like, she's yeah. She's dated. <laughs> You're outdated now. No. Okay. I hear what you're saying, Ian. I really do. I just don't think I, I also just uh never mind. Just like playing the hypothetical game is hard because like it's just not gonna happen. So but it's that's like I'm the trying fun to think part. of like no, I know. I but I'm trying to think of like I just don't think it would be a runaway in favor of Wake. I do think Wake would probably win. Um just because they've they've shown how good they can be this year. And you're taking away the best player in college golf, and that's kind of the point I'm making. I, like, but I think it would be a lot closer than, like, still even without Rose, I still think Stanford really? could pull out or put a. I think so. Interesting. Okay. I mean, like I said, you've got four; those other four are all top sixty to seventy players in the country. They are. But you lose you lose Rose, and I and I and oh, again because like for example like if, if we if we're just going off a ranking here and let me pull up player ranking real quick like we talk about they're all top 60 70 players in the country but like Rachel Keene if I'm not mistaken is fifth right yeah. like like I I like you're the next player we're going down on Stanford Sadie's is 20th Sadie's 20th right like 
and then Lauren Walsh is 28th. Carolina Lopez Dracar is, is 17th. Like I I feel like they still have kind of that. Like we're talking about thir- top 30 players. We're we're only if we take away Rose again. Make sure I'm not missing one here. We're only talking Sadie Engelman right now. And I Rachel's feel like that's 39. I think it looks like okay. Yeah. So that so like that. T- but then <laughs> and then there we go. Then Amelia's 40 right right after that. Yeah. So it's, you know every time you plug in, I guess Rose, I just don't want to think. I just I still think that team like that with those players knows how to win. Like it's that just did it. I think it's very hard to just write them off without one player. And I'm not saying we are, I'm just saying, I, th- I find it very hard to just be like, I think it would be a runaway the other way around. Because those players, but those players still have to, they still have to compete and still play well yeah. to win a national championship when you Absolutely. don't have Roseang. I guess my only point is, I completely agree with you. If that player we're taking away is not Rosang. Okay. That's, that's like my only thing. Like, and I'm not discrediting Rose. I'm just crediting the rest of those players that are still high quality. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. But I guess, and again, it's almost like we're fighting for the last word here, but. (laughs) Oh, I don't care. (laughs) But I said, it's never going to happen. So I've just kind of, you know, it's like, I mean, I need, you know. Not to, sorry to like have us go down this rabbit hole. I was just curious because like we we were just talking about, you know, those two teams. So it was like, well, what are we really, not like, what are we really talking about? But right. What's the competition or what's the difference between the two? Yeah. And, and, Which I and think again, we got I, our answer is one. I think player. we did. <laughs> I think we got our answer. I think we got our answer. Uh, that's a good question though, Carolyn. I like that. I like that fun exercise. What 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 do we think about the rest of the uh the 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 fall season so far for the rest of the pack? Are there any teams you're excited for? Um any teams that you saw their performances like, okay, um, I like what they put together this fall. Um are we talking that, like San Jose? Sure. No? Okay, okay. Because, I mean, like, they've had, right, they just won that, what tournament was it? I'm going to blank, too, so. Right. Just call it that tournament. Oh, Landfall, right? Landfall, landfall yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Landfall. Um, so, yeah, uh, what, what, what impresses you about San Jose State and their, and their fall, I guess? I'm just continuing to keep going upwards. Yeah. You know, I mean. Um, I, say, I think they had one of the bigger, not bigger jumps, but I think they were, went from, like, nine to three kind of in, from, from landfall to now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're training in the right direction. Um, and again, it's just gotta be a good, didn't they beat wake? Wasn't that just like, I feel like that'd be a good, that was the one. Yes. They did beat wake at landfall. So yes, they did. Um, so like yeah, I feel like if you can do it once you could do it again, if that means even in nationals and stuff. So I feel like that for them was really good. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting. Again, we just had the, the, the discussion of Stanford and Wake, and we won't spend much more time here because we got other divisions and genders yeah. to cover here, but um, it's, it's just funny how, like, how, like just Stanford ruins everything. Cause <laughs> like, it's, it is truly like really deep after that. If, if you think about it, right. Like San Jose state, South Carolina, Oregon, A&M, Texas, mm-hmm. Ole Miss, LSU still at Ingrid. Florida State, Mississippi State, Virginia, Arizona, Auburn, Arizona State. Keep going Southern Methodist, Duke, whoever, right? Vandy, Oklahoma State. They've all done really good things this fall that, like, would give you some hope there. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, they've all done some pretty impressive things this fall. Like, to me, one of the more impressive ones was Virginia this fall. Like, it seemed like just about every tournament they were in um, – not sure if they yeah I, I don't think they won a tournament but there was a bunch of them where like they were right there on just about every leaderboard 
they were involved in, right? It was like, oh, Virginia's doing something, whether it be first round, second round, third round. Um, so I, I thought, again, I, I think we kind of get distract, distracted, rightfully so. Like, literally, we just got distracted on this podcast by Stanford and Wake Forest. But, like, the depth after that, I think, is is really, like, almost 15 deep after that. You know what I mean? Which is really cool. Where like, you got a lot of teams that I think are very close in comparison, whether whether you want to say it's talent wise or, or like resume wise this, this fall. And, and to me, that's exciting because even if we want to say that wake and Stanford on a collision course for national championship or whatever, you still like, like Ian, I think it's pointed out a couple episodes, like there's still a still six other spots for match play and anything can happen in match play. So like just thinking of those that have built um, pretty good resumes this fall. The other thing I'll look at that I should have mentioned earlier is like wake missed the cut last year. Like, and they had four of their five, in the lineup like you're you're making my preseason argument for me that's exactly why no 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 no, no, no. i guess i'm looking at i'm going back to what i said is like you have a team that's proven that knows how to win and then you have a team that hasn't shown in in terms of like the big stage in terms of the nationals so um yeah, that was the only thing that was on my head. Sure. I honestly forgot about that. Is that playoff was crazy trying to yeah. figure out who's yeah, yeah, which was, which which was my preseason argument for why I wasn't yeah. sold yet. You know, what yeah. is exactly what you're saying again. But if we're again when we're talking and and again, we, I think we're on the same page here. Like when we're just talking, looking at the rankings with how many players in the top 20, yeah. 30, 40, like Wake is still impressive individually. For sure, They're impressive yeah, as absolutely. well. And, and and that's why, like, at some point, yes, you want that experience. But a lot of times across all sports, especially college athletics, like because I, I say this all the time, with college you don't football. know what's going to happen. Well, no, I, I always say this, like you don't. A, a lot of times in these college athletics, sometimes it's like you just need the best players on the field. Oh, yeah. Right. Like it sometimes just simply comes down to who has the best players. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you can only do so much coaching. You can also only do so much strategizing. Sometimes, you know, like in football, like, am I faster than you? Am I bigger than you? Yeah. In basketball, do I shoot better than you? Like that kind of stuff. It, it, sometimes it just it's comes like down it's to um, sometimes it's not always X's and O's. It's Jimmy's and Joe's. It really say. is. You know, like, like it's legitimate. Like better. it's. A, yeah. yeah. So like yeah. experience or not, like I think at some point that talent does have to just have to mean something. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's hop over to men's side since, since we're on, since we're on the D one train right now. Um, this one has been a little bit more of a, a hodgepodge of, of, of who's who's and what's what's. And this is my favorite team. Now this is my favorite team. Now this is my favorite team. Now this is my favorite team. So uh, Auburn, Texas tech. Yeah, exactly. So, so with, with all the craziness that I think has happened um, on, on the men's D one side, um, what what are our impressions? Teams that again, whether surprise you, teams that um, trending in the right direction. What what are our impressions of of any of these teams so far this fall? I just think the one thing that came to my mind right away was like what I had said early in the season, where it was just like there's no real dominant one. We're yeah. gonna find out with a whole bunch of programs who's gonna be in the mix, and it's just kind of been pandemonium back it and forth. Been. Yeah. Um, which has been the fun part for me, at least watching from afar is like any team can go out and beat any team on any day. It seems like, and they just keep swapping spots, whether it's Vandy or tech or Auburn or North Carolina starting slow and moving themselves all the way up to five. Um, I think that's been the most fun part because like I said, the last few years, you could have put pen to paper on a team that you thought would make, you know, a national semifinal or make match play or win it all, whether it was, 
Oklahoma State with Victor, Matt, and those guys, or it was yeah. Pepperdine, and and I think Pepperdine would have won the 2020 National Championship with Sahith with the way he was playing, or you look at OU the last few years, there's always that one team that you could just pen, like I said, pen to paper, predict that they were going to be there yeah. because they were that damn good. Mm-hmm. And I think this year there are a ton of good teams, and we're going to find out who's got it, you know, towards the end of the season. But um, I like that there's no – I do too. And, I, and yeah. the, there might be, I mean, Vanderbilt's probably got the best lineup, but at the same time, like they sit at two right now and Auburn's had an incredible fall. Like, and Texas just Tech don't isn't, know. they don't have a bad lineup either. I think it is interesting. No. Like when you, when you mentioned that, I think it is exciting to seeing everyone like bouncing around on the rankings and like, you don't see Oklahoma and Oklahoma state within the top 10, which last year we did. And I know they, they lost quite a few players. Um, I did want to ask too, since we've had a question similar to it before. I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared of Carolyn's <laughs> questions now. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, no. This, this is a good one. This is a good one. Um, but we had asked before, like for leaderboards, and if we prefer to see those really low, like you know, you're 43 under, 34 under, or would you rather see it closer and and lower numbers? So going for our rankings, would you rather? Is it more exciting to see? you don't know who's going to be number one this week or where teams are going to be at versus on the women's side where it's pretty, it's, you know, pretty much who's going to be in the top three for the most part. Right. So which one's more exciting to watch? I would, I would say from my experience, just after seeing it a few different ways, not only this year, but in previous years, kind of what to Ian alluded to with like the Matt Wolf and and Victor Hovland team um, and stuff like that. Like, honestly, both are really fun. And, and it's and it's almost cool that we kind of have both of them this well, year. That was going to be my point is like, I don't know which one's better, but I'm glad I get to see both of them every week. Like, that's the cool part is that like, yeah, yeah you do have your top end talent on the women's side that you can probably bet on is going to be there every week. But then you flip it over to the men's. It's like, oh, well, let's let's roll the roulette wheel. What do we get? Yeah. What do we got? This yeah, week, you exactly. know, so yeah. I do enjoy the fact that we get both right now. Yeah, there's definitely something fun about literally being able to lock in on two or three teams and kind of crescendo to the end with some expectation of this is what we're, what the goal is here. Um, again, and one one of the more fun years I ever had was in Stillwater when it was Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, and we kept trying to figure out whether they were going to play each other in match play. Cause you know, it was like, it has to happen. And again, it, even more so because it was in Stillwater, like that was one of the most fun things ever, but there, but, it, but again, to Ian's point, there is also some fun about like, doing all this on the men's side right now with all the parody, I, I think we would say. And then you get to selections, you get through regionals and we end up showing up on site for a national championship. And, and, and it's, again, it's the old, old uh, uh, kind of imagery of like basketball where you say, you just, you roll the ball out on the floor and say, all right, go at it. Cause, that, cause that, that's kind of what it is. Right. You're just like, I got no clue what's going to happen here. Like they're just going to be duking it out all, you know, 20 teams deep or whatever it is that may be good enough to get it done. Um, it really could be a situation where you just roll the ball out and see, see who's the last one standing, which is also fun too. It's like, like Royal rumble. And that the one for, for w- I don't watch WWE, but like the cage either. matches where like just everybody's in there and they just start wailing on each other. Sure. That one that sure. Yeah. Whatever they call it. I guess like, one. like to your point, like Kansas state's won three times this they fall sure and they're ranked 18th. It's like, they might be the, you know, event. Who's to say who's to say what what place or what regional they'll be at? Like, who knows? But that's not a team that you can just 
you know, right off beforehand. Like if you're making your predictions beforehand, we we just talked about Texas adding two, and and they're sitting at 20. You you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Um, Pepperdine has been lurking with, with, with what I would call an underrated roster. Right. I don't think we've necessarily had anybody on their team. That's like, wowed us necessarily from a from a standpoint of like maybe some of the guys at the top here because I was gonna I was gonna touch on the player ranking too with because and the reason I wanted to touch on the player rankings because I guess I made the point at the beginning of the year that typically a national champion has a guy right and you're looking at some of the ones we pointed out very early in the season season Gordon Sargent's right there at one Thor is right there at two Callum Scott at three for Texas Tech but teammate kind of right behind them uh, Aberg is at is at five right so like for these teams that are one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever in the ranking, and they're seeing their guys being at the top of this list from a player ranking standpoint, that bodes well for they've played they've played well enough in the fall to solidify themselves as, yep, I'm that guy. You know what I mean? Um, I, I do. It, it's it's interesting we say that too because you know we talk we try we lump North Carolina in there as as one of those contenders and their top ranked players, David Ford at at 16, and he's had a really good fall as well. Um, that's the one that's one of those ones where I always wonder if like depth on your team kind of kind of cuts your legs out from under you because you're playing against Dylan Minetti every week as well you're playing against Alton Greaser every week as well you know who are phenomenal so you're taking depending on what day of the week it is you could take losses against those you know top 50 players every single exactly. tournament you play exactly. you know which is kind of like what, what me and Woodard I think talked about in, in that early podcast too is like there's almost too much depth on their team for one of them to win something like a Haskins because their yeah. own teammates are going to clip them a couple times, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, which that's, yeah. that's, what's interesting too, about tech is like Aberg wins the Hogan yeah. last year and now he's got his own teammate. That's right up there with him in contention for these national awards. So, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as to answer your question, Carolyn, I don't mind either. I think it is, but it is really unique that we get, we kind of get a taste of both this year, potentially, you know, where there, there's not a clear cut number one, in every from a ranking standpoint there's not a who knows I've, auburn could go win every damn tournament this spring and, and that's what i'm saying the whole right? year like, it's just so wrong. funny because you know I've, I've heard people it always side note tangent <laughs> okay it always bothers me i don't know if bother is the right word when 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 and again i've always said rankings aren't everything but you do get a ranking like this and i think there's plenty of teams that have really good resumes on here. Again, Auburn, Vandy, Texas Tech, North Carolina, Stanford, Illinois. But then you can go out and, and and I've heard people definitively try to say that, no, these two teams are the best in the country, right? And a lot of people have said it's Vanderbilt, North are Carolina. Are they biased? Well, I think everybody has some bias, so I will say that. Yeah, but I just, you. I, that's true. Yeah, yeah for you. Sure. absolutely. And I acknowledge, Ohio State, I acknowledge it every week, and, that, and that's why we do this. I, I have no problem acknowledging my own bias. Um, but I just find I always find that interesting that 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 you can look at a ranking, whether it's this one or golf golf week, and then you can make an objective of nope, these are the two best teams in the country, even though neither of them are the best team in the country. You, you know what I mean? So either anyways, just yeah, funny. Not everyone has their own opinion. It's a so lot it's, of eye test for it's those a whole guys lot of eye test. Speaking of um, but, but but eye test is really hard in college golf when all these teams play every week somewhere different. You know what I mean? It, it's yep. not, it's, it's not the P again. I always make the analogy with the PJ tour. It's not like the same guys show up every week to each tournament and play against each other. There are 30 tournaments going on at one time. Good you luck. know, too, what I was thinking of, um, golf rankings is so complex compared to, I feel like other oh, yeah. sports, because yeah. if you like, I, I don't know why I was just thinking about this today, but, 
um, like football, there's only two teams that show up and one's a winner. And then yep. you go play another where it's two teams, right? One's a winner, but here it's not only is there a team winner, but then you have your own players that have their own slots, whether they won right. or didn't win. And then it's by how much. And in football, I don't know if they really care by how much. I'm sure they do. I'm just, but sure. like, you know, it's just, there's so much more that goes into a golf I, ranking than. Well, and we don't, and like, I, and I could be wrong, but like football doesn't use like analytics in terms of a system creating their rankings anymore. Now the playoff committee Correct. creates yeah. it. And so. We might be. And like I said, I don't know about some of the other Olympic sports and how they do their rankings um, with their coaches associations or however the NCAA does it. But we might be the only official ranking that's done by a system like a computer, you know, maybe I, I wonder. I think basketball does some type of um, or at least they, they, have, they, they do have use and coaches. So like reporters vote and coaches vote. So I think they use some of the stuff. What is it like BPI in that? Or, or, or RPI, one of those. Um, but anyways, I, going going back to I guess I looked at it as like art like ours is strictly data. Sure, there are other correct. places that use both, yeah, so yeah. I find that I find that to be interesting and kind of cool. So yeah, I, I think it's interesting what Carolyn said too, comparing it especially like to football because like if you just want to take the the two things that are similar, which is head to heads and then common opponents, right? Even even if you like play in the SEC and Georgia and Alabama have both played Texas A and M, they like you're only going to have a handful of common opponents. But the interesting part, and, and again, good or bad, whether you like, I, I feel like that makes it hard to compare teams, especially if you're playing non-conference. So, for example, Ohio State Notre Dame played earlier this year. Do they yep. have any other common opponents? And yeah. it's like, if they do, who beat who by who much? By yeah. who much? How much? Got that one <laughs> data point, right? Yeah, well, college like, golf. It's like, just one but of that's where a lot of that eye test playing. comes from. Right. Is that that is almost in, more important, I guess, in those sports. Right. Because you don't have a because, because you don't have a lot of data points. Here yep. You do. Right. Like you've got 25 common opponents for just about every single one of these teams. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Boy, we got on a rankings tangent. <laughs> if you like what we did there, we got more of that coming up in a couple of weeks. So, um, all right, let's let's hop over to, to D2. Um, let's start D2 women since we did. Uh, since we did women first on Dallas Baptist. Yeah, I, I think I think the story here is Dallas Baptist. Well, it's it's interesting. And I don't know if you guys noticed this on the on the rankings page, but both Dallas Baptist and Lynn have the same amount of comparative wins. The tiebreaker, again, just kind of a, a little ranking side note here. The tiebreaker, if they if two teams have the same number of comparative wins, it then goes to their relative win loss percentage. So Dallas Baptist has the highest or higher relative win loss percentage. So that's how that tie gets broken for one. Is that two. the relative PCT? Sorry. That is. PCT okay. stands for percentage. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's um, I, I would say again, fall recap if if we kind of want to go through this. I, I think it really is who's going to challenge Dallas, or I won't say challenge Dallas Baptist because they're not the reigning national championship. Finley's still sitting there at five. So, I mean, like, we can't really overlook them either, right? Like, you don't have to win all your regular season events to win a national championship, you know? Um, and it's not like, I, I think the other thing to consider too is like, it's not like Finley won a national championship last year and now they're 28th, right? Like, they didn't, like, they're still a top five team. Yeah, they brought back four of their five. They're starting you know, five from last year. So they right. That, that beat team. Dallas Baptist in the first round of match play. So it's right. like those, they know how to get it done, you know? Yeah, so I I, I think, again, we've tried to frame it as Dallas Baptist revenge tour. Um, and they are the number one team in the country. I think it's much closer than it may appear as far as these other teams. Like Lynn is right there. Henderson's right there. Anderson's right there. Finley's right there. West Texas, West Texas A&M is right there. Nova South. 
U of I, of course, is always right there. So like, I think it, I think it kind of remains to be seen. And again, we'll kind of get into this with, a, with when we do our spring preview, but I'm, 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 I am impressed with, um, again, kind of, kind of an underrated group to follow throughout the season. It's been, to me, it's been really fun to kind of see that back and forth and kind of see who's where and who's traveling to the same tournaments um, and how they've fared against each other. But this has kind of been one that I've, I've paid attention to more this year, which honestly the podcast has helped it, it, just for me personally. Cause I mean, it's very easy even for me to just kind of overlook it, put the tournament results in and then to see what it spits out later, you know, that kind of thing. So um, this has kind of been one, one that I've been interested in, interested in quite a bit. Do you want to talk about AJ Ewart now? Uh, I know, right? I was going to say, yeah. yeah. He just wanted to skip it. He was hoping then we would go to like D3. D3 men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going over yeah. D3. Uh, sure. We can we, we can talk about AJ. I mean, Barry's still really damn good, even Absolutely. if their best player, who won seven times last year, hasn't performed the way they probably would have expected him nice, to. Because I think, you know, when we talk about, we get caught up in players, but you take their one of their best players out and they're still a really good team which is you know great to see cuz it shows all that depth there for that team and and that's kind of why when you And they lose that, their coach too which has got to be something yeah. in yeah. the middle uh, not in the middle but right before the fall season like yeah. it's got to be a, a big change of pace for them and so and I don't know how a, they filled that position, whether it was assistant or whatnot, but still like it's right. That is true. It's a lot, like pick you know, up right where you left off in a sense for a team to like not lose or drop just because of a new coach and, and things like that. And that's kind of why I asked that question when you, when you mentioned the Rose thing, because when you said, you know, if you take away Rose, it's like, okay, what kind of level player are you getting? And I think this is kind of like the perfect example. Like they obviously didn't lose AJ, right. He's still playing, not playing to the level maybe that he that that he had the past two or three years but like they're still getting a guy that's finished in t20 yep right yeah so like that level of what you are getting is still important if that if you're not getting a rose if you're not getting aj ewart and 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 you know and again the talent on the rest of the team has obviously shown that that they can they can do not do without but like they've they've performed so they can still hold their own Absolutely. So, so I, I think that's been impressive, 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 impressive. Right, that's a new word. Yeah. Impressive. That chance. No, it's what, not what, a word. Oh, <laughs> man. You were waiting. You were waiting. <laughs> he was like, open. I don't know, guys. Like Let's Google this real quick. Word. <laughs> I, was, I was for sure going there because it sounded legit. I was like, it yeah, might. I saw your face. You gave me, you, you know, well, you know, it's, it's possible. It's possible. I was going to say, it might mean something. <laughs> Nope, definitely not. It literally, okay. when I type in impressive, it goes, did you mean impressive? <laughs> and to that, I respond, yes. Yes, I did mean impressive. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if this is a two-team race um, with Anderson and Barry. I, I would throw West Florida in there, too. But I think it's more of a three-team race than than maybe we're thinking of it. Would Would you guys agree? I, I, I think for sure. I guess why Andy, would you say that? What's wrong with Grand Valley or Lee? You know what's wrong. <laughs> Sorry, with, not like what's wrong. But... You know what's wrong with that region? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything wrong with Grand Valley. Um, let me just take a peek over here. Because I mean, I guess looking at if someone who doesn't just looking at our rankings and stuff, you have Anderson with the 200 comparative record, then sure. 199, 199, 197 is Grand Valley. Sure. And then if you're looking at percentage, it's 93, 92, 91, 91. Yep. So and they also beat half of field of D1 teams too. Who did? Grand Valley. Grand Valley when they played at 
the folds. They sure they so, finished so, halfway up that field as the only D two team. Well, not I true it, actually, but which I think is going to hint kind of hint towards like the the two things that I'm looking at. So, if you look at that column that says totals versus top twenty five, okay, and, I, and we and this is a, actually a common question we get to. It says, for example, that Grand Valley State is three of three versus the top twenty five. For those wondering, that is your comparative record, not your raw head to head win loss per, or win loss record. Okay, okay. If you if you look at the teams in one, two, three, they're 10 out of 10, 11 out of 11, 12 out of 14. So again, that's show, saying that of the of the so for who's our number one again. And I think again, West Florida's are both to bury. Either right, that or right. one to bury, one well, to win, one to whoever. Like so, so so that's that's the confusion. Again, this isn't raw head to head win loss. So what this is saying at the yeah, top for, sure. for for um for Anderson, they've played 10 top 25 teams. They have the comparative win against all 10 of those top 25 teams that they've played. To me, that means your schedule's tougher. Okay, for sure. So Grand and, Valley has an easy schedule. I listen. You're putting words in my mouth now. I'm not saying they have an easier schedule. Okay, because I think kind of what what Ian alluded to too. They played in folds, and they played in the folds collegiate and the challenge. And the challenge had the bat like top end division two, II, three, and NAI programs. And then they played in division ones. Their total number of data against division two teams is going to be lower Correct. right off the bat than the Correct. rest of these programs. Right. So so but they have taken care of business. It looks yeah. like from when they did play the other division two programs that they have but at this point i would much rather trust if you will i agree the teams that have four wins or three wins and have also played 10 or 11 top 25 teams that's the I only agree. thing that's going to give me an inkling there that is not to say that grand valley state is not because I, I mean again I, I really don't i really don't know they but were an with- interesting dynamic that they played in those two events that are newer right. events this year so yeah. this is the first time that this has kind of been te- not i won't say test run because it's the way it is like right in our system that they've played I mean, I don't know their total number of opponents, but like it almost seems like they could have played, they could have played if not the same or more non-division two programs just with the, those two events alone because yeah. they played so many other programs from different divisions. So I yeah. find that interesting. And like I said, it's gonna all shake itself out eventually. Like, Absolutely, and again, it still always got, works. And they still got to play each other at the end of the year, so none of this matters. Yep. So, <laughs> um, so while, while, while the while let's the Barry while the Barry West Florida Lynn region just beats each other up exactly. for the entire spring. That's season. the other part so, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's hop to D three real quick before we uh, before we wrap up our 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 fall season stuff. Um, let's. I'm gonna switch it up. Let's do men just because that just happened to be what I clicked on. Um, what what are our impressions on the men's side? Is it? Are it's you... kind of fun too. Uh, I kind of see this like D one too, where it's like they all play. D1 they play. Uh, I saw it as the D one men just because there was a little like a little bit. Murray was up there. Yeah, Newport was there. Then dropped down. They all played in these tournaments together. A lot of people beat. You know, yeah. they got so many ranked wins against other opponents. Um, that I I found that very interesting that there was a lot of programs moving around and Methodist is kind of stuck there at two for the season. They're kind of like um, South Carolina on the women's side for division one, where they've been at four all year. Methodist has basically been at two all season, but Emory wins D3, you know, invite from the men's women's side. They both shoot to one. Then Christopher Newport wins a couple weeks ago. They moved back to one. So um, that's, and, and- that, that's been fun to see for sure. And I think that's kind of an important thing too. So like that column, we just focused on the top 25 versus comparative. If you notice those top six teams have all top six teams have all played a decent amount of top 25 teams. Yep. Right. Which kind of gets us back to the scheduling thing we talked about. Right. A lot of, a lot of their day. They've all right. played each other a lot. It's like all at least once this fall. So. Right. So like for them having those data points against top 25 teams, 
is is very important and is probably helping their ranking be at the top of the top right now. Um, obviously with good tournament f- finishes as well. But yeah, I would say probably those top top five or so teams have kind of have kind of kind of separated solidified themselves. themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. Separated, solidified, whatever you want to, whatever you want to. Impresonate. They impresonated themselves. They, yeah. <laughs> Is that was that the word? I don't Impres- know. That's what you said. Impressive. 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 Look, we're all making up words, but I was making up word to mock you. <laughs> right. word, so, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I agree. I, I think again, I, there will be more events like that in the in the coming spring. Um, so again, Jekyll again, Island, right? Exactly, yeah. Jekyll. So, so <laughs> like, not not to get into a to spring preview mode or anything like that, but just to continue to see those matchups and see how that could change things drastically again we shall see um and then again to keep in mind i always have to throw this out there there is no regional in d3 golf so like getting to the national championship a lot of it has to well i won't say a lot of it because they are pretty dependent on conference championships right you got to win your conference championship to get to a national championship how many if there are any at large bids are there six Six? i think it's six i can't remember if the number is different between men and women but i believe men is six okay um so then like that's a that's a very small number of teams yeah you know if if you happen to be in the same conference like you know and again i don't know everybody's conference here so let's say there's two top 10 teams that are in the same conference only one of them can win their conference so then from there 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 goes an at-large that kind of thing um let's hop d3 or sorry to women's real quick same same kind of deal i'm i'm emory's been red hot i'm still looking at redlands um i think it's interesting and take it for what you will here. Look at that relative win loss per, or relative percentage uh, number. Okay, so Emory has one more, or they have all the comparative wins that are possible, one ninety out of one ninety. But Redlands ha- has a better relative win loss percentage, which is just just throwing that out there is interesting. Okay, there's also some interest to me with George Fox with the eighty six. Correct, and also look and at the only comparative- one comparative correct <laughs> uh, versus the top twenty five. Correct. Yeah. Okay, but they have the most wins with three. Does that make it so like they're yeah, very, yeah. very, very low in Took the loss? Took some hardware column. this fall. Correct. <laughs> so just want to throw those things out there as things to watch when we're trying to understand rankings and why is this team where they are, this, that, and the other. Okay. Um, obviously, they have a really low stroke average too, which also helps when we're st- or just a scoring average when we're talking about, you know, if they haven't played a whole lot of different opponents, are they winning that tiebreaker if it needs to go there? Um, All right, because they have the best adjusted score average at least in this section that i'm looking at but yeah, i don't imagine yeah. anybody i i i'm pretty sure you can go i'd be hard pressed to find somebody you're not going to find anything 73. lower than 73 4 yeah. yeah so i feel pretty confident saying that it's them um but yeah i, I i'm interested to see how that plays out um especially for, especially for national championship because it, it is kind of like there we always always that's one of my favorite tournaments to go to love that committee every year and we kind of do always try to say, okay, who who are we thinking this week? You know, that kind of thing. As because you know, as everybody starts to get into the same tournament. Um, and sometimes you just never know. You know, there's probably a, again a handful of teams that you're like, I think they could do it, you know, but it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I do like this top seven or eight pretty good though. Like Emory, Redlands, Wash U, um, George Fox, Texas at Dallas, Washington League, Carnegie Mellon, Methodist, probably throw St. Kate's in there too. Um I like I like that a lot as far as just how they've played this fall and what that means for a national championship moving forward. One because historically they've they've been there. Um, these are programs that typically are right there. But I also think there's um, because of that history. I guess like 
I hate to say rivalries, but like when you are trying to beat the same teams every week um, and when, or not every week, but every year, right. You continually see, see those same teams at a national championship. To me, that makes it fun, you know? Um, so yeah, that's kind of my blurb for D3 women, I guess. Make it memorable, gentlemen. All right, we got Thanksgiving coming up. We're dropping this on the Friday before Thanksgiving, which will hopefully give you some time to listen to this as we lead up to Thanksgiving. Um, is is are, is Thanksgiving like? Is that a top holiday for you all? Are you big Thanksgiving people? I love the food. What's what's your? Now we're talking. Now you're talking my <laughs> yeah, language. Right. This is Marcus's language. This is here. yeah. This is where we go. Um, uh, what's 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 your go to? Like, what's your plate look like? What's your what do you put on your Thanksgiving plate? So you've got a little turkey, little Trash. stuffing some green bean casserole and then grandma's potatoes i don't like the cranberry so the cranberry can stay away okay but and that's it oh and some rolls can't forget the bread okay okay ian what's what's on your thanksgiving plate i don't know how you did i, I don't know if grandma's potatoes are consistent with mashed potatoes that's the same thing <laughs> oh sorry, because let you me can't leave mashed potatoes, potatoes. well sorry. no i'm just saying you, can't <laughs> you absolutely can out. leave yeah. mashed potatoes out <laughs> oh, oh it's not what mashed potatoes what are you eating go ian i asked you first man no, 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 no because you if you're not going to eat the number one side aside from stuffing it's oh mashed God, potatoes it, if you're not going to eat it oh. like no 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 no. marcus says you can leave mashed potatoes out that's why i think you're crazy well to be fair mine isn't mashed potatoes no no no. So. i was asking are those the same thing like or is, uh, is your grandma's just mashed potatoes but like they're your grandma's so that's uh-uh, you, no they're okay. not even mashed okay. potatoes yeah no 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 no. so here let me let me explain grandma's potatoes oh, so it's it's the breakfast like, like okay okay like the home style right mm-hmm. and then you put cream of mushroom in there and i think some sour cream maybe maybe not sour cream but for for sure the cream of mushroom you bake it but you put cornflakes on top you like crunch up corn oh yeah emily's mom makes something similar yeah. to that like cornflake potatoes is what we call it's them so yeah good yeah oh man yeah anyways um i'm not, not mashed potatoes that sounds so nasty <laughs> but it's like baked together you're not like yeah eating cream of mushroom soup yeah. like i don't think you're yeah um sure. whatever you say I don't know. It's pretty similar. I mean, mashed potatoes, stuffing, um, I, turkey's fine. Like I'll have a little bit of turkey, but I'm not there for the turkey. Um, I do enjoy the cranberry sauce, but it has to be like is it the, the crappy one from the can? Yeah, because like I don't want your homemade crap. Like I want it. I want it to like slurp Delonious. out of that can, <laughs> fall down, and then I cut off like a like a piece, like a hockey puck, and I just throw it in with all my other stuff and just kind of like. So do do they keep it in the can shape or do they try and mash it on the? Oh plate? no no no! It has to be the can because here's it. the thing: the well, ring I mean, but they marks. Keep it in that yeah in the yes, ring marks. Yeah, the yeah, ring okay, marks okay. actually give you a nice guide of how much to cut off. Because then it's like, oh, this is like a portion here is this ring to this ring. And then you slice that off. It's also a very good little thing to toss into your sandwich the next day when you're eating all the leftovers. Because you just (laughs) toss in a little slab of that. And it really just kind of completes. It completes everything. Um, This is a hot button topic. Do you consider mac and cheese a Thanksgiving side? Absolutely. Okay. I've never had mac and cheese that Thanksgiving. So okay. It's gotta be like a a like one with like a crust on it. Yeah, like baked mac and cheese. Yeah, like I I, like I'm not a I'm not a mac and cheese snob. Like I'll eat craft mac and cheese, but if you put craft mac and cheese at the Thanksgiving table, you're a psycho. It's gotta be it's gotta be like a high quality (laughs) mac and cheese. I just like to eat the carbs. That's the real thing. Like no no green bean casserole, none of that. No. Yeah, we, nah. we we used to have a um, – so my my plate traditionally – so I'm not a big turkey guy at all just because it's 
You just got to have a little bit because it's don't, Thanksgiving. Like, no, you do not. Listen, right, well, I'm, I'm, you don't, I don't got to do He has ribs and right, barbecue. Right. I'm yeah. say, I don't got to do nothing I don't want to do, actually. Ian, uh, we, we typically we typically do a ham as well, so I'll go ham. I get on board with ham. Yeah. Love a yeah. good ham. Typically go ham. I'll throw some stuffing, dressing, whatever you want to call it. Um, sweet potatoes or yams, again, whatever you want to call it. But they got to be, again, they don't look like sweet potatoes. They look like candy. Marshmallows? <laughs> no marsh, no yeah. marshmallows. Oh, you don't put the mar- no you put just brown sugar bro. on it. Just butter. This is this is this is why we have. You said to it looks like about- candy. That's where the Listen. marshmallows and the brown sugar come from. It tastes like candy. Looks like y'all y'all, like candy. y'all are refusing to listen. This is why I said sweet potatoes or yams. You can call them what you want. I think we're sure distinct- two different things too. Yes, <laughs> we're talking about two different things. Okay, I'm not putting no marshmallows or butter or whatever brown sugar on those sweet potatoes. Okay, this they are literally soaked in whatever sugar was originally put in that pan, and that's all you need. So we we anyways, mac and cheese, uh, rolls. We used to so my brother and I were so my my cousin Cindy makes the rolls at Thanksgiving, and their family recipe type of phenomenal rolls. Everybody probably has their own. Um, we used to be given a roll limit. Um, because I could, I could see that. Yeah, right. like my family was the same way. We had too many boys, like cousins and everything. We just eat them all. Like we yeah. used to run through those rolls, man. Like they would literally, like, how many, Marcus? How many? How many have you had? And I'm like, I, uh, and then I right. go ask my cousin to go, like, sneak me one. Like we'd be playing downstairs. Hey, you trying to go upstairs? Give me like three more, man. <laughs> Anyways, so we've always mixed it up with like rolls, biscuits, mm-hmm. cornbread. I've never done a cornbread i can get behind. i haven't done cornbread emily's mom makes cornbread. a cornbread casserole that's awesome and it's basically just like corn it's literally cornbread but like all baked together with like actual corn and like a bunch of stuff it's it's super good hmm. it's really good so in the spirit of thanksgiving we wanted to take the time to say maybe what we're thankful for college golf or otherwise um you know i, I think it's important again college golf or otherwise to 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 express gratitude for for many a thing. And I think Thanksgiving gives us that chance. I think, again, we've talked about the unique opportunity that we have to follow something as cool and unique as college golf. You know, I, I don't know if I call it a, is the word niche, niche, whatever you want to call it, niche sport, niche sport. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not college football. It's not college basketball. It's not pro sports either. So it's something you got to really kind of be passionate and plugged in about. It. And I feel like that is us. Um, so who, who wants to start, I guess, maybe with, What's something they're thankful for from this uh, fall season? Again, college golf or otherwise, or or somewhere around there. I, I'll start out and just and just say uh, honestly, I'm just thankful for for the support um, from not only our staff, but but honestly, those in college golf, whether it be coaches, SIDs, I mean, some of the NCAA employees as well. I, I know we have a working relationship, but it has become a friendship as well because we spend a lot of time with those people. You know, whether it be by email or actually on site. Um, you know, some know the story of Golfstat and how it was founded and then, you know, where we are now, but, you know, as somebody that was hired two months before Mark Lash passed, it has been a crazy seven years, you know, to go from me literally meeting Mark Lash in a wheelchair to then him passing, um, to then Brian taking over and then getting the news that Brian passed as well, um, a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, we've, we've been through a lot and, um, for those that are listening again, I don't even know if you know the story, but for the support that we've gotten and everything that we've been through it, I am really thankful that you all have stuck with us, um, that you've allowed us to still be a part of college golf, 
even when things were going kind of crazy and nobody knew what the heck was going on with Golstat. We're in such a better place because you guys have given us that chance. Um, and we're and, and we're having fun with it. And we've got people in place again, like Carolyn and Ian that are just as passionate about it, hopefully, as I am. And and if not, they've they've bought into getting to that point. So we're we're having fun and just and again, just just thankful for the opportunity to keep doing that. So hope hopefully more good stuff coming. But I I, I do think it's important for me to express that gratitude to you all um, for le- letting us be a part of college golf still. So, and, and I forgot to mention too, I, I will say this kind of piggybacking off of what I just said, like, I feel like this has been, and it may be that we're a little bit more present on social media, but like, this has been a really good year for people telling us that we're doing a good job, which hasn't always happened, but it feels good when you do get that email or tweet or whatever about thanks for Ian or Carolyn for being up at 11 p.m. and helping us with tea times. Like, I feel like people have expressed their gratitude to us a little bit more, which helps. It keeps you again. It keeps your 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 positive vibes when you when you are trying to help. So, I mean, that that, that part is important, too. I guess the one thing that I outside of just like, I think you covered it all, Marcus. And like, I wanted I was glad that you were the one to speak on just because you've been here for so long and, and sure. have been through all of that. Um, and kind of me being in the sport and on the outside looking in, um, it is crazy to see kind of what's happened and transpired and kind of where you've helped to take this place. So, um, props to you for that and letting us be a part of it. Um, cause I'm thankful for that opportunity, um, that I got to kind of stay in this sport because, you know, I'd, I'd worked in college golf for a while and got out of it for a little bit and, um, really missed it. And so I'm very thankful for the opportunity to, to be back here doing that because there are so many great people that we get the chance to work with and meet and uh, the places we get to go and the opportunities that we have. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this upcoming little break that we get as well uh, with the holidays coming up. It's a, it's a busy time of year for my family specifically, just getting a chance to see everybody. It's such a big family. And, you know, with a lot of us being adults now, we don't get the opportunity to see each other very frequently. So um having that little break right now and getting the chance to spend time with, with the people we love is important. And so, um, I'm thankful for that, um, for the next few weeks for that. So gosh, you guys had such, you, a good you have to cry. You have, you, know, you have to right? nothing less than tears, Carolyn. <laughs> yeah, no, you two covered a lot of it. I mean, I'm thankful kind of like Ian, I, I mean, I played college golf and had left it for about six years was how long I had nothing to do with with college golf and and golf in general and kind of coming you know into this career I've got back into golf and I've you know I've realized how much I loved it and and miss it and I play it a lot more than than I have probably ever before um so I'm thankful for that for getting like a a rekindling of an old passion of mine which has been great um but also just meeting such amazing people on the way, like, you know, in, in Tennessee and, and getting to learn about Dale McNamara and all that. It's, it's, it makes you have just a bit more of an appreciation for the sport and the people that have kind of made it for college golf, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm thankful for all that. Thankful for all the experience and knowledge that I've learned from this past, this past year. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Well, um, it's also wild. We've been here for a year already. I know. Well, we're not quite yet, but well, almost, almost. I mean, <laughs> it's about well. a year away from when I texted Marcus, um, be like, Hey, I saw your tweet, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. about a year removed from that, which is crazy. So. One, one day we'll tell that full story about how we got here. Cause this, 
literally this time last year we were we was were just a, you you were riding solo well we, we were in a place man we we didn't know what was yeah. going on we didn't know what the future looked like we didn't know who was still going to work here you know what i mean to, to be completely transparent parent so to see where we are now compared to literally probably this date as we almost get into convention you know because that's when i had the sit down meeting with jordan kathy and and so on and so forth again we'll tell that story at some point um um but to see where we are now again it, it is simply gratitude just you know personally and, and professionally of again of just being where we are you know that that's it's 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 amazing to see and, and we're having fun doing it so um so thank you college golf thank you golf in general kind of like what carolyn said I, I think that's one of the cooler things too being able to rekindle that that passion for golf and and you know the cool thing about golf is we can all love it for different reasons you know not everybody plays golf for the same reason not everybody watches golf for the same reason um but being able to find what excites you about golf for you it's always a really cool thing to kind of um, to kind of explore, I guess. Um, so that 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 makes me happy, Carolyn, that that <laughs> I won't say we did it, but that like just this opportunity, I guess, in college golf in general has kind of kind of made you get back into it, which is which is fun. So um, just don't get too good at golf again. <laughs> I can't have you winning matches and stuff. Am I two and all in the season? We've played twice, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I won in airs talking zone. talking stick and, and then uh, where did we play in oh we played God. in Philly right yeah yeah yeah, or, we, yeah did. Philly. we played yeah. in Philly at that weird golf Liberty course where, like, you something? hit it off the rocks and then it went back in the fairway remember that the <laughs> golf how many really golf balls did you lose on the first three the, holes it had to be more than that it was like the first <laughs> spot where'd my ball go I don't know I'm just gonna drop it here I, was hitting good. <laughs> I just couldn't find them I didn't know anything about the golf course anyway. uh, I don't know where I'm hitting I'm just gonna aim over here and I'm, hope for the best <laughs> and I was wrong every time for like the first five holes wrong oh, every yeah. time Man, but anyways hey we'll go ahead and wrap it up here I uh, hope everybody enjoys their Thanksgiving again I always say, if you've been listening this long, go ahead and hit the follow button, which I still want you to do. But also, if you've been listening for this long throughout the fall, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. We're going to keep putting out stuff over, over the winter, so hopefully you keep t- uh, tuned in. Um, and again, even though there's no tournaments going on, we're going we're gonna to be putting out some stuff that should be enjoyable and uh, educational. So, hey, enjoy your Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Peace. <laughs>